Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ladies and gentlemen, I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. It's in this league. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. Come again with Scott Bogman and Chris Welsh. Can't wait. What does that do? Did that blow your mind? That just happened. Welcome back, everybody. Hour three of In This League on the Sports Grid. Get on the grid. I'm your host, Scott Bogman. Follow me on Twitter at Bogman Sports. Hour three. You guys know what that means. I'm joined by my friend, Casey Bubba, at BDNTrick on the Twitter machine. Bubba, what's going on, man? Not much, my friend. You know, the draft is behind us. We have a lot of uh, day baseball from the day we're recording, which is pretty <laughs> crazy. Uh, I get to talk to you five days a week. So, you know, life is good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're uh, you thought the rhythm was good before doing an hour a week. Now we're doing at least 30 minutes a night, uh, Monday through Friday, talking uh, DFS on Line Star too. So lots of Bubba and Bogman together. Yep. And look, man, before when we recorded last week, it was a day before the draft. So it was on Wednesday. Normally we record this later Thursday, which is what we're doing tonight uh, to get it edited by Friday to get it in and all that good stuff. But uh, we didn't know about the Aaron Rodgers stuff. That stuff happened when the Welsh and I were recording last week. So let's get your quick kind of take on the Aaron Rodgers drama, even though we got through the draft without him getting moved or anything like that. Well, like there's so many layers to this. So I'll try to keep it as quick as I can, but and we'll, we'll yeah. move it into the next. Uh, the, 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 first, know, the first part too. I'll mention, and we could probably hit the rest after the break. Uh, Adam Schefter came out because he's the one that leaked it all or the story came out by him. Mm-hmm. He flat out said Rogers crew had nothing to do with this, which tells you someone on the green Bay side of things has something to do with this, which makes it even more entertaining because right now Rogers is getting thrown under the bus almost anywhere you look. And it's getting, it's, it's, it's a, it's a great conversation point. I'm on team Rogers side of things, but uh, trust me, I have friends from Milwaukee and Madison. And I even was on a text thread when I woke up Thursday morning about how much of a B Aaron Rodgers is. So it's yeah. uh, it's pretty Im- impressive right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, I-, I wrote it off initially as draft day nonsense, you know, because you get those weird smoke signals. I mean, you know, the last couple of years in a row, Gary and Conley's sexual assault thing was on- leaked on draft day. Laramie Tunsil's gas mask video was leaked on draft day and then this Aaron Rodgers stuff was happening on draft day and I thought okay well this is just the 2021 version of the nonsense right turns out it's much deeper than that Mm -hmm. so we're going to get into it like Bubba said after the break so stick with us we'll be more we'll be back to talk about more Aaron Rodgers it's in this league 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's in this league. Buckle up, buckaroo. All night. Welcome back, everybody, in this league on the sports grid. Get on the grid. I'm your host, Scott Bogner. Follow me on the Twitter at Bogner Sports. Joined by Casey Bubba at Pediatric. And Bubba, tell everyone about all the great work you are doing right now all over the interwebs. Well, you mentioned the Twitter at Pediatric. That's where you'll get all the goodies. You mentioned the, the DFS show we do together, Line Star. That good stuff as well. And then um, I do my written content for DFS at rotoballer.com. I have some season-long stuff at Fantasy Sports Degens and a little bit at Rotoballer now, too. Um, I have the Bench with Bubba podcast, which uh, is my baby. And I just recorded two episodes this past week. The most recent one was Steve Gardner of USA Today, a frequent of in this league. So it was good to have him finally get benched with Bubba. Um, and then other than that, you know, we got some golf, we got some football coming up eventually. So pretty much if you can't find it on in this league, which would be impossible to not find, <laughs> you can come find it on my stuff. That's right. Exactly. So check him out if you would, please. And we're talking Aaron Rodgers. We we're talking about him before the break. And, you know, I kind of, I, I got to the right result for the wrong reason, which is never, you know, which is never how you want to end up at a place, Right. So uh, the Welsh and I talked about this last week, and uh, I had said it's drafting nonsense. There no, there's no way he's going to get traded, any of that stuff. So um, then we hear, you know, later on Friday, getting closer towards the actual draft start time, that this is something that has been building the entire offseason. And basically he asked for a new contract from Green Bay, Green Bay refused. He didn't drag them through the mud like a lot of uh, players would at that point. And, you know, I think some point between not getting a deal done and getting closer to the draft, he just said, hey, look, Green Bay, if you don't trade me, I'm not coming back to play for you guys because I don't feel like I'm wanted. And I'm sure, you know, he was a way bigger baby than that. But that was kind of the bottom line of what was said about him in this process. And Green Bay just flat up said, straight up said no. And I know there's different things that go in here, but usually players, especially players 
of Aaron Rodgers caliber. The defending MVP. Yeah. Hold way more clout in deals. Usually, you know, just to get this done and out of the way, a team would trade him because you're going to get an insane package back for a guy like Aaron Rodgers. You're going to be, you have your quarterback that you like for the future. Obviously you drafted him last year in Jordan love and you know, it's before the draft. So it makes sense to do this deal. And, uh, I assumed you told me I'm incorrect, but I assumed that this was Rogers side leaking all of this stuff before the season start or before the draft started to try to get him actually dealt before the draft happened or during the draft, however it would have been. But apparently Schefter is saying that it was not, uh, Aaron Rodgers' camp leaking this, which makes it weird to me because now not only are the Packers not giving into contract extensions, not giving into trade demands, but now they're throwing their franchise quarterback of the last, you know, whatever, 15 years, however long he's been there, uh, reigning MVP, uh, brought the team a title. You're throwing him all the way completely under the bus. And now you kind of get the, I think now everyone understands what Brett Favre was going through at the end of his tenure in Green Bay too, obviously different front office and stuff like that. But seems like they're, you know, this is two franchise quarterbacks in a row that are going to have some bad blood with the Packers. And this cannot be, you can't like this if you're a Green Bay fan at all. No, it's not good at all. And and it makes a lot of sense because at first you would have thought, like you said, it made sense that it was, yeah, it's got to be Rogers camp. Like it makes total sense. But then, you know, you listen to certain things and I, I listen to something we talk about a lot of certain show that has his friends on it and everything. So take that with what it is. But they flat out said, think about it. Rogers doesn't like to be in the media. He doesn't like to get interviewed. Why would he leak this and then be going with eight friends of the Kentucky Derby for Friday and Saturday, where everyone's going to be interviewing him like crazy? Why would he, he look like a crazy drug dealer? Yeah. At well, the did you Kentucky see his? Derby. Did you see his uh, his Turd Ferguson badge yet on? No, I didn't. Oh see yeah, I know he did. Purpose. He knew he was going to get interviewed. So when NBC came to him, he put this like badge on. It said Turd Ferguson on it. It was absolutely amazing. Like, the dude is like a really good, funny guy. Once he just kind of gets away from having to get, he just gets annoyed with the same stuff over. I don't blame him. It's the same thing over and over again. But it's it's weird of Green Bay. I see Aaron's side of it. It's like, okay, I, I'm willing to negotiate a new deal that helps you guys out and helps me out. I'm willing to do this. But you guys also aren't showing me you're going to help me out. You went and drafted Jordan Love, who's still years away. You went and drafted another running back. Then you re-signed Jones. And then you drafted another running back in the draft this year. Like You just keep doing things that you, you, you gave me. You gave me Devontae Adams. Somehow Kumaro became good. And you haven't built anything else around me. And yeah. the argument I get from some guys like this morning, like I said, on Thursday morning, I hate the argument that like, Rodgers doesn't have weapons around him. I said, tell me the weapons that he has around him compared to the Chiefs and the Bucks, the last two Super Bowl champions. Yeah, Give me weapons. It's like the, the most common trade target right now and the one that makes the most sense to get the best pieces is Denver. And you know what they have? A lot of weapons. A lot. It's just... It's so weird of Green well, Bay. Well, even the Vikings, who have yep. Kirk Cousins as their quarterback, oh, you know, more went after Justin Jefferson last yep. year. They drafted Irv Smith, right? So they're they're the, investing in the positioning. In the evolving way of football, you have to have multiple receivers that can get over a thousand yards. That can, you know, some extend the field, some do the short. You need to have more than a one trick. Like I'm not saying Demond is one trick pony, not at all. Like he's definitely more than that. But you have to have more than one guy. 
Like yeah. you have to like the defense has to make a decision. Who are they stopping? And then I'm going to beat you with everybody else. Like it's that. That's why the Chiefs are so tough. We've talked about it many times. Okay, go take Kelsey or Tyreek away. I'm going to beat you with four other guys right right, right. now. It doesn't matter what you do. And the fact that Rodgers, who actually got an MVP with all the stuff he doesn't have that we just talked about, and he literally took them to the title game with what we didn't talk about. It's just, I see where he's frustrated. It's like, why do I want to commit my last years if you're not willing to commit to me type thing? Well, you watch Peyton in Indy too, Bubba. I mean, they kept stacking wide receivers, wide receivers. They had Harrison. They drafted Wayne. They drafted Dallas Clark, right? They they drafted uh, Stokely. Like, so, or they signed Stokely. So many of these uh, pieces that they added, Austin Collies, who I'm thinking of, uh, but but they added so many pieces every single year, even when they had offensive line issues. They were making sure there were targets there for Peyton, and I think that's the smart way to go. You're going to throw it 40-plus times a game. You need more than one or two, like one receiver and a tight end. You need options. And the other thing is you need a better play caller. That's simple. That's been a big problem for a long time. The last thing I will mention, unless you want to go deeper onto this, a very good point I heard, and it goes back to the Favre thing you mentioned. Mm-hmm. This whole deal with Green Bay, since they don't have a legit owner, they're owned by the people. Yeah, there will always be a problem because there's not one head of the table to be like, "Hey, this is how we're doing things." That's true, and uh, I I think that can be solved though by you think so? Just a smart GM or a logical GM going, okay. Well, what am I going to do to keep the MVP happy? And also, by the way, when you have this rift with Aaron Rodgers, and we all know Aaron Rodgers is a little crazy, right? Yeah, and I'm not saying he's completely innocent of this. Don't get me wrong. No, no, he's he's absolutely a baby too. But I see a point. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's a huge baby. And look, you know, uh, he won't. People are like, people are talking about Aaron Rodgers like he won't give up on the Packers. He this dude doesn't talk to his family now. Uh, so uh, I think he he's go, hard. He will go do Jeopardy and say goodbye. Yeah, he'll burn the bridge right the f down. Yep. It does not matter to him. The only thing that they've got him on right now is that if he does retire, he owes them twenty three million dollars. It's eleven and a half million per year from his signing bonus uh, that he initially had when he signed this current contract. But not like he can't go somewhere and make that money up. He'll go you to know? Jeopardy and make like twenty three million off of the first month, probably or something. Sure, like, something. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's just dumb. And also, how does this play to your future for free agents? Why would uh-huh. if, if Rogers point. goes yep. and Love doesn't work, well, who's going to want to come in hey. and play for a team that's not going to you know give you weapons? And to that point, Adams hasn't signed his extension either. He's right. waiting. He's waiting for Rogers, which I don't blame him because if Rogers is gone, I'm gone too. Like, see. right, exactly. And then what do you have? You're <laughs> yep. gonna have a new GM pretty quick. Yeah, there's a dominoes idiot, effect right here from yeah. the dumb decisions being made because this idiot just couldn't handle it. So it, it's um, it's a strong story. But when we come back, we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, the draft with Bubba. His Dolphins did really well, one of the higher graded uh, draft classes. So we're gonna see what he likes and doesn't like. So stick with us. We'll be right back after this. It's in this league on the Sports Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I generally come in at least 15 minutes late. I use the side door. And after that, I just sort of space out for about an hour. Space out? I probably only do about 15 minutes of real, actual... Would you be a good sport and indulge us and just tell us a little more? Let me tell you something about In This League. Welcome back, everybody. In This League on the Sports Grid. Get on the grid. I'm your host, Scott Bogman, and I'm here with Casey Bubble. We're going to talk about the NFL draft and your Dolphins, Bob, put together a pretty damn good one. I mean, one of my favorite classes coming out here um you know you guys ended up with Jalen Waddle first Jalen Phillips as an edge rusher two big needs Javon Holland out of Oregon which was just a great pick Liam Eichenberg another second round pick I love Hunter Long don't like this landing spot for fantasy but I like him with Kasiki he's a really good uh tight end and then I like Jared Dokes in the seventh round I think he's decent specifically because you guys didn't draft uh, a high-end running back. And I guess they did call Denver to congratulate them on taking Javante Williams because they were going to use that second-round pick on Javante Williams, but Denver jumped in front of them to get it. So uh, interesting draft class here. What did you think about what your Dolphins did? Overall, I was happy. Uh, They did it a little differently than I would have. I thought they were going to do it. Like We talked about it on your live stream. I was like, I I wanted Sewell because the Bengals went Bengals. Like not not that Chase isn't a good player, but that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> um, I wanted Sewell, but then you get Waddle, who is just a game changer. If he can stay healthy, you reunite him with Tua. It's like it goes. It's, it's just the you know double edged sword that I want. I want the protection for Tua, but I also want Tua to have weapons so they actually unleash him. Because that was my biggest pet peeve for anybody that listened to us last year is they they kept it so simple and they were scared to let him go. Now I've heard yeah. stories also that he's scared to throw into a small window. Well, that's got to change. But um, I like the idea of putting Waddle there to go with Parker. And uh, Preston Williams and all these other options, like you know, yeah, Will like Fuller, Kisicki and Will Fuller. Like, there's no excuse now for yeah. for Tua, which is good. Then they got the edge rusher and Phillips, who's just a monster. Like the defense is already very, very good. And I throw him in the mix. I'm like, I even saw the um, the early uh, defensive rookie of the year, and he's like the third or fourth high like favorite. Which for a Dolphin, I'm happy just out the gate. I know he has yeah, to play, yeah. but still, that's good. And then the the Liam Eichenberg because I wanted to get a, an early O lineman to keep protecting Tua. I think that having Eichenberg, obviously the luxury of having multiple first and second round picks, to have that pick come there, you know, didn't give up a sack all of 2020. That's pretty darn good considering the uh, games that uh, Notre Dame played in. Yeah, yeah, that was some very talented teams. So I'm overall very happy with that. And then they just kind of got the fillers late. Even G- uh, Gerald Dokes, for a guy like myself that played a lot of college football at the FS, I got to know him quite well. Yeah. And he is sneaky talented. Like He's a hard runner, talented. man. Yeah. yeah. Like, he, sneaky he, talented. He's a hard runner. And, and, and Prince, you, was know, good. you don't get a lot of talent out of running backs after the third round, but you can they can be found in the yeah. seventh undrafted like Robinson was last year, you know. Mm-hmm. 
there are plenty of guys that well, have taken at, off from later in the Gaskin draft. Was a late pick, and he's yeah. doing just fine. Like that, this is how they're going to build it. He's going to throw the ball a lot, and they just want a guy that can run a little and catch out of the backfield. Right. Let's go. Yeah, and Gaskin, to his credit, did it really well at Washington for that yep. whole uh, stretch that he was there as well. So, uh, yeah, I really like what your Dolphins did. Was there another um, team that impressed you in the draft or any move in particular? I mean, the Bears moving up to take Justin Fields, do you think that was the right decision for Nagy and company, or do you think that uh, that one's going to burn them and he's going to be with a new coaching staff next year? I think it's a great move for the Bears because they need an identity. They need to try a new quarterback because it's obviously not Dalton's. They'll let him. They'll let him start for a little while. But Fields at least gives us some excitement. Let's uh, like Robinson and company at least feel like they still have a chance there. Yeah. And we'll see what we'll see what he has because I didn't know where he was going to go. I, I wasn't completely sold on Fields, but I think Chicago at least gets, makes it interesting. I'm good with that. Uh, the fact Mac Jones fell to the to the Patriots just irked me to no end. Like literally, <laughs> literally, they didn't have to trade for him or anything. It's the guy they wanted. They've they said like when they scouted him, it reminds them of Tom Brady. And maybe they're just saying things I don't know. But when the Patriots talk, I listen just because they they've tortured me for so long. So them getting Mac Jones without having to trade, but at the same time, it let me make fun of my Niner friends going, "Look, guys, you could have got Jones or Fields without trading all the way up with the Dolphins. It was cool, <laughs> but um, we that's just a little saving grace. But you know, there's a lot. Like all in all, you can always pick on certain teams, but. I think a lot of teams actually did pretty darn good, all things considered. Like even the Lions, it's boring, but they got Sewell to drop the seven for them. Oh, I love what the Lions yeah. did. Welsh and I were just it's beautiful. We, we did a game. Uh we looked at uh um uh one of the the grading systems from the draft network, mm -hmm. and I guessed the grade for each team. So he put the over under at six and a half, and I went just under. I got six perfectly correct. It was between A plus and D. So there was pluses and minuses in there as well. But um, yeah, man, I, I think the, the draft classes I really liked here, um, Cleveland, I, unfortunately, yeah. of course, you know, so for me to give Cleveland a compliment is a bit much. But, you know, when you don't need a ton, right, you go in not needing uh, an insane amount. You have Greg Newsom fall to you, and then Jeremiah Owoso-Koromoa, the middle linebacker from Notre Dame. He can play a little safety as well. Definitely undersized, but he fell to the second round because of a heart condition. And then, um, you know, they had uh, other guys here like Anthony Schwartz, who's one of my favorites. And I know a lot of guys don't like Anthony Schwartz, including my buddy Xavier, who was on there with me when they picked him. But this dude has world-class speed, not NFL-class speed. He has world-class speed. Uh, he could come in right now and be the fastest player in the NFL. He ran a 4-2-5-40 at his pro day. Like, he is jets on jets on jets. He doesn't have to touch the ball more than five times a game to make an impact play because if you give him just a little seam of daylight, he's gone. I like um, Togi. I like Tony Fields. I like Richard LeCount. And Demetric Felton's one of my favorite running backs. Yeah. I mean, I kind of hate the fact that he landed in Cleveland because yeah. he's not going to get any time at all there. Well, you never know. You, you never know. We've seen Hyde get banged up from time to time. So <laughs> you got that going for you. But, yeah, no, they they did a really good job. One other one that I, I just want to get your opinion on it because you being the Texas guy, I liked what Indy did getting Pay early and uh, some of their early defensive moves to kind of stir up that defense because the offense has a lot of toys already. But I just want to get your get a question. The issue with a lot of teams is the backup. You know, and they were running out all kinds of different backups of late. 
the idea of getting Sam Ellinger in round six, I know he's not like elite, elite talent, but I think he can do pretty interesting stuff in that offense. Yeah, Ellinger, I mean, uh, unfortunately, I don't know if he's going to be there for um, uh, mini camp that's coming up because I'm not sure if you saw this, but his brother, who was at the University of Texas, passed away today. Ooh, I so, did not know that. That is uh, yeah. no, no good. Okay, Jake, Jake Ellinger. So I, I don't know, you know, I don't know if he's going to be in for mini camp or not. So he's going to be behind. But they still, they drafted Jacob Beeson last year out of Georgia. Yeah, true. I think he's going to be the straight backup to Carson Wentz. But I, I think that Ellinger is going to get some goal line packages because the Sirianni coming over from the Eagles, right? That's why he got Carson Wentz. And we saw what they did with Hertz last year on, on occasion. And Sam Ellinger reminds me the most of uh, Tim Tebow. He's more Tim yeah. Tebow than I think any other quarterback coming out since him has been because he's the same type of, you know, the arm's not crazy strong, not crazy accurate, but he usually makes really good decisions and he can run over defensive lineman right he not just linebackers this dude can uh has stiff armed defensive linemen to the ground he is a monster and an absolute bull to to bring down so it, knowing carson wentz's injury history and all that good stuff i think that um him getting the ball at the goal line would be very very smart if you want to run it so i think that might be something from day one but if he is going to make those plays, he may need to be the backup because there's not a lot of teams wanting to go into every carry three quarterbacks and carry three quarterbacks. Exactly. So he might have to play special teams. So he may get a little Taysom Hill here. So we'll hey, see. I, I got one, though. Like we just have to bomb, bomb on them a little bit. But, you know, some leadership's already been gone, but the Texans are the Texans. Um, I, I, I've watched a lot of Stanford games. Maybe I'm wrong. You're much better at this than I am. But Davis Mills, to me, is not the answer. But uh, I guess then again, that was their first pick, and it was late round three. So what do you I think? I am not a Davis Mills fan. Yeah, so I, I am. Like, the, the, the news when he was never even in contact with them <clears throat> before the draft, like, what are they doing? I think it's them panicking about yeah. Watson. You know, Watson's, I, yeah. But even if that's the case, dude, that still doesn't make any sense to no. me. They have Tyrod Taylor who has tons of starting experience and serviceable, very serviceable. And they got Ryan Finley, you know, who started a couple games for Cincinnati over the past couple of years. So, you know, not uh, the best backup, but a better backup than Houston's had for a while. I mean, yeah. the guys that they had before Watson were just brutal. So, um, yeah, I didn't really understand the Davis Mills pick at all. I think this is just kind of a panic because that was their first pick. You know, I like a couple of their other picks. I actually like Nico Collins. Uh, I like Brevin Jordan, but Jordan, he, yeah, you know, Brevin Jordan is coming into this season banged up for them anyway, and he's he's a great player and everything. But there's just no way if I'm a team that has only five picks and none in the first two rounds. There's no way I'm spending a pick on Brevin Jordan. He's just a bit of a luxury. So, you know, they, they got bad grades because of trading away the future and stuff. Uh, and I get that, but I didn't understand. I, like, I like Nico Collins. I think he's by far their best pick, but the rest of them I don't really get, you know. Yeah, very odd. Um, I do like was, what the Rams did. The Ram yes. Okay, so the Rams are a little – so I like the players – Yes. But I don't know that they, they I don't know All that fits. they attack their needs, yeah. right? So well, they got three receivers, but that like that could work for them because all of a sudden all those expensive veterans they're like, oh, okay, we're gonna change things up here, not right away, but maybe like after year one or something. 
Yeah, and I like Ernest Jones from South Carolina. I thought that was a great pick. Uh, Ernest Brown uh, was a good one uh, on, in the fifth as well. Jake Funk was interesting um, yeah. because, I mean, that's just a McVay pick, I feel like. Big, big and time. Tutu was definitely I love the Tutu uh, pick in that offense. Yeah, he could he could really pop, but he's uh-huh. one of those guys that I'm just not sure of. I know our boy Jake Seeley was super high on him. So, yeah, uh, yeah lots of interesting classes. So, uh, you know, we're going to go over it more on the In This League Fantasy Football podcast, and we already have a little bit, but uh, uh, we got to take a break. When we come back, Bubba and I are going to talk a little baseball because Welsh and I, um, kind of, we're talking over some things. I want to get your opinion on. So stick with us. We'll be right back with baseball after this in this league on the Sports Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips, twenty four seven, as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering: real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In this league. Talk about www.wcom. You made you go click, 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 click. It's real easy, man. Uh, I don't know what you're saying, but that, that's what's going on, yeah. Welcome back, everybody, in this league on the sports grid. Get on the grid. We're also on the minor 1090 in San Diego. What's up, San Diego? Uh, sure, the weather's nice there. It's already triple digits for me here in Arizona, so not looking forward to the summer. It always gets way too hot. My air conditioning's running a little bit more and more every single day, so you know, it's already getting brutal, but in San Diego, uh, easiest job in the world, the San Diego weatherman. Right? <laughs> What's the weather going to be like? It's going to be nice today. So yep. It's a good, 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 good way to live. Good gig if you can get it for sure, so uh, Welsh and I were talking a little bit earlier because uh, the John, you know, John means through the no-hitter, which is the third or fourth, however you want to call it, this year. Three and a half. Right, sure. So then he said, you know, we got into talking about how it was should have probably been a perfect game, but the drop third strike or wild pitch, however you want to call it. I didn't see it, to be honest with you. So I don't know which one it should have been, but he faced the minimum, but it can't be perfect unless it's perfect. And then he brought up the point of, well, what if someone throws a perfect game in a seven-inning doubleheader. Does that count? I said no because there's only been, what, 23 perfect games in the history of baseball, dating back to the 1800s. So the last one was in 2012. That was uh, Felix Hernandez through a perfect game at Safeco. And, um, you know, Philip Umber threw his perfecto in Seattle too. And wow. this John Means no hitter was in Seattle. So maybe lots, we're on to something. Yeah, lots going on in Seattle as far as that stuff goes. But um, Welsh kind of pushed back on me saying, well, no. we, we said, well, I know, but we said 
the seven inning no hitter should be a no hitter because you can't go any further than that. And I said, well, look, if I had to pick one side or the or the other for both, I would pick then the seven inning no hitter is not a no hitter. But there's been three hundred and something, you know, no hitters over the history of baseball. I looked it up. The last year without a no hitter was ninety uh, was two thousand five. That was um, every other year in between there. And I think next was like 89 or something after that. So it's been a long time in between. You're getting at least one no hitter a year. You know, Um, you're not getting, you know, like we said, 20 something perfectos. So does that where were you standing on it before? And does that change your opinion on the seven inning no hitter uh, now? Yeah. When you guys want to break it down like that. But um, <laughs> well, is that too much? I mean, no, I get, there's only I been get, 23. So if no, someone throws I, I a seven it. inning, I get uh, it. It's it's tough because I agree that the no hitter because it's a baseball wants to have seven inning games that count as real games and it should be a real no hitter. That's what makes it it tricky. But like a perfect game, yeah, it's kind of like on a different pedestal, and right. so you, you have to kind of graduate to that level. But you can't have both, which is like what you're saying. So if I have to pick one, then they're neither. Like right. you have to go nine, which is tricky because I think Bumgarner should get credit for it. Cause it's not his fault that he didn't get to go two more innings. But um, yeah, I can't do a seven inning perfect game. That's just, that That's doesn't, too much, that doesn't, right? that doesn't, that doesn't work for me because it's, that's like you're saying basically with how many they had there. It's such a like cert, like special, special feat. You can't just be like handing those out. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of my point with it. So I just, uh, I, I couldn't get on board with the seven inning perfecto actually being a real perfect game yeah. in the record books. I mean, you know, look, if you want to start another look, Bumgarner through the first seven inning, no hitter, and we haven't had a yep. seven inning perfect game yet. If you want to start those, that's fine. Yep. That's, know? that's totally fine. Yeah, we can put asterisks and we're good at putting asterisks on things. So, right. If we want to go that route, that's totally fine. I'm good with that. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think that's more of the way uh, that I would go. So um, we talked a little bit earlier about Angel Hernandez. I mean, mm-hmm. Bob, you and I like to, you and I, and then me and my friend Joe, we, uh, not P a different Joe, but he will, when he's watching a game and he sees Angel Hernandez, he'll say, look, I've been watching this game with Angel Hernandez and he has missed three calls. It is absurd. Tony Larusa or not Tony Larusa, excuse me. Um, He's absurd too, though. It's okay. Tony Larusa is also absurd. Yes. But um, uh, why can't Tito Francona called called oh, yeah. out uh, Angel Hernandez on Tuesday of this week because he screwed up a call, and then I believe it was Wednesday night he screwed up another call, and it's just been a cavalcade of idiocy coming from this guy as far as his job goes. But we were talking about it. I mean, umpires are better protected than the tenures, uh, you know, uh, professors with tenures. They're way more protected. It's unbelievable. This guy sued baseball a couple times and is still calling games and balls and strikes and screwing it up out there. What do they have to do to get him fired? I don't know. It's it's unbelievable because the one Tito called him out on, he legit said, I don't know. I didn't see the play. I looked at the reaction of the players to decide what I was going to call. Like yeah. that alone should be like, dude, yeah, it's enough. You're you're gone because this isn't your first uh, thing. This is like the twelve thousand thing. So yeah, that was embarrassing. And then the one on Wednesday, like I tweeted out about it that uh, I thought Brady Singer was a good DFS value. We talked about it. He was pitching well. And they started getting squeezed in the fifth, and then Angel Hernandez called a balk on him, 
and the Mariners man or the Royals manager comes out. I think it's Matheny now. He uh, comes him, out. Yeah. yeah, starts no starts arguing with Hernandez about the bot call. Gets all fired up. So Singer goes and gets tossed all up in Angel's face. He has to get pulled back by Matheny, and I'm like. That should earn like more DFS points because he just went at he basically every, everything we want, he just did for us. He went right at him and basically tells him he's horrible. And it's just Angel sits there and keeps ruining baseball. It's unbelievable. Like he's the main re- one of the main reasons that we want robot umpires. Like I never wanted robot umpires. I like I was cool with certain replays, but there's a lot of me that still wants baseball to be baseball. That's what human error is. But man, when you got guys like Angel Hernandez screwing things up, it's hard not to want robot umpires. It's so bad. Yeah, I mean, it, it's terrible. And, you know, the Welsh did bring up uh, Joe West, who's another guy that a lot of Country people don't Joe. like. But, but the thing with Joe West, to me, he'll miss a call every once in a while, of course. Every umpire will. It's the human element of the yeah. game. So you just kind of have to uh, you just kind of have to roll with the punches. And that's what a lot of people say for, uh, you know, rallying against robot umpires is saying that, look, this has been part of the game forever. But just because it's been done that way forever is not a good reason to keep doing something. If you have uh, something that would be better like robot umpires, I'm not saying that that's definitely the way they should go, but at least test it a little more, you know, don't be like Kurt Schilling. And when it calls balls and strikes and you were getting a nice strike zone and they're going to, you know, critique. Did you, do you remember when he did this in Arizona, he went with a bat and bashed it in. Yep. And it cost him like a hundred thousand dollars. I bet he really wishes he wouldn't have done that now. Uh, now probably say, it saved him, from, saved him from investing in another game company. So it's probably a good thing. Yeah. So uh, I don't think you, you know, just because it's been done this way, you need to keep doing it, but you need to at least try something or change is good. It just depends on what the change is, but change right. is always good. Right. It, it change can suck sometimes, but it usually you get through yeah. to a better result. So uh, Joe West to me is more of a, when there's an argument, he makes himself part of the spectacle, not yeah. he misses a call to be part of the spectacle spectacle. But when someone is getting in his face, like I've seen him shoe off managers, right? Yeah. Like wave shoe shooing off with his hand. And I remember Glavin talking about how uh, he went out and bought Joe West's record uh, yeah. before uh, and played it pregame uh over the the loudspeakers to get joe on his good side and stuff which is uh, a little bit crazy but um well, the thing with joe compared to hernandez joe was at least likable where yeah. angel, Hern- angel hernandez just looks like a gigantic jerk symbol yeah yeah exactly he's not good dude angel hernandez is the first umpire name i ever learned because he screwed up a, a home reason. run call he screwed up a home run call i was at a game in 98 my tickets were down the line by the pole. I saw the ball come, you know, cross the pole on the other side, which means it's a home run. And he called it a foul ball. And I went home and I watched the replay because they used to do the late, late replay uh, on Fox Sports Arizona. And I said, I can't believe he missed that call. Who is this clown? And they said, yeah, Angel got that one wrong. But I, I can't remember who it was. It must have been Brenneman. Uh, speaking of canceled, uh, <laughs> it must have been Brenneman at that point. Um, and you know, he, he was gone. So, uh, I mean, I don't understand what's going on with him, but what is more absurd is angel missing that call in the outfield against Kansas city, where he said, I I just was looking at the player's reaction. Is that more absurd or is Tony LaRussa saying, I didn't know the rule. So that's why I thought Liam Hendricks had to start 
the inning at second in extra innings. Which one is more absurd to you? Uh, Tony LaRusso by far. You are you are hired to manage the team to the best of your abilities, and if you don't even know what the stinking rule is, and I believe he was a part of the competition committee for a while too, which helped put these rules into place beforehand. Like uh, that I'm is sure he was showing up to all those meetings. Yeah. This is a, it this probably is, inter- interfered with other meetings. Yeah, AA meetings. Yes, um, he he should be fired. Like there's certain times when you should lie. That's one of those. Like literally, <laughs> like start thinking of a freaking lie, dude. No, nah, Hendricks is fast. Yeah, you know something. Uh, I want to keep him loose. I don't know. Like he, he's an Aussie. He's different. He wanted to play. I don't know. Figure something out. But um, yeah, that's that's bad to find out. Say I didn't know that was the rule. Who were no, they playing? Were they playing the Mariners? Is that who? It no, was? it was uh, White Sox and Reds. Oh, okay, that's who it was because they asked David Bell uh, yeah, about manager. it, and David Bell said no. The competition committee was pretty clear that yeah. uh, this was the rule, except unless a pitcher was in that spot yep. before, then you could go the player before him or the player who replaced whatever it is. I, I don't know the rule because I'm not a manager. So, yep. um, but uh, it could have been Jose Abreu who has tons of experience running the bases, even though he's not the most fleet of foot, you know, he could have done it. Uh, yeah, it's it's but, an easy uh, decision pitcher or any other position player. Sounds right. Good. Right. Exactly. So unless maybe it's Otani, that's the only exception to that rule at all. Uh, but sure. uh, you know he's also he's also a position player. So that that it was just so dumb. What about did you see this D backs date thing that was happening the other day? Yeah. Did you see the second date they went on? No, no, I didn't see that. What oh, it's all well, it's all over Twitter, my friends. So yeah, the D backs date thing. You know, my friend. Yeah, my friends. Twitter. I wasn't gonna go there. I was gonna go for Welsh <laughs> on you. Um, it says you know, I, I my friends behind home plate on their second date or whatever can. You check in and see how they're doing. And so there's on Dimex Twitter feed takes it over. And the just if you just read all the comments, it's great. So that went well. Um, and so then the uh, Phoenix Coyotes jumped on it and they gave them tickets and jerseys. <laughs> and they and it said that the caption was a successful third date. They quote tweeted the Diamondbacks thing. And then it said something like, hey, Phoenix Suns, you up? <laughs> so, I so mean, it's these, like, it, this people's awesome. whole relationship is going to be play by play on Twitter gone over. Yeah. So, but uh, what's what's your thought? Maybe this is where you're going with this people clowning on the guy because he's wearing basketball shorts on a date at a baseball game. Um, I don't know. Uh, th- that I don't know about. Uh, that's probably something I wouldn't do. Yeah, but... I probably wouldn't even do that still with my wife. If I went to a ball game, I wouldn't be going in basketball shorts. Like, you just don't go to a ball game in basketball shorts, let alone a date. Second the, date. <laughs> here's the here's the one thing I'll give him a pass for is that it's I mean hot. I don't I don't know no I don't care about that at all. Are you kidding me? I would wear jeans in, in the true. heat. It's fine. No, but I mean, who hasn't been stuck in their house for a year straight right now? Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I am, doesn't have a new pair of pants yet. <laughs> right now, like in my apartment, this second, if uh, I'm wearing my only clean clothes and it ain't that clean. I appreciate it. I got to get some laundry done here. I feel like everyone has done that during the pandemic. Who hasn't gone to the grocery store in some, you know, basketball shorts or something? I don't know if I'm going to pull that out on a date, but uh, not, uh, you know, I get it. You know, I I get where he's coming from, but let, you know, we're getting back to normal here, bud. Why don't you put on some slacks something? What are you doing? At least some shorts, but uh, get some socks on those feet. Come on, what are you doing? But we got to take a break. When we come back, we'll end out the three-hour tour of In This League on the Sports Grid. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In this league. I thought we were going to be just friends. What? Friends listen to... In this league. In the dark. Welcome back, everybody, in this league on the Sports Grid. Get on the grid. You guys here, Endless Love, you know what that means. It is the end of the three-hour tour, and I wanted to end it out, Bob. I'm not sure if you've seen this yet, but the Eagles' war room was very had a very interesting moment because they picked Milton Williams, uh, big defensive tackle, and uh, the vibe in the draft room was a little weird. Of course, you know, uh, Everyone is photographed or videoed all the time, but they take big defensive tackle Milton Williams out of Louisiana Tech. Howie Roseman is going around, dabbing up people, giving fist bumps, all that good stuff. He gets to one guy. I'm not sure who this was, um, but he goes to dab him up, and the guy has a clear attitude and is very upset with this pick of Milton Williams, and he kind of scoffed it off as, hey, you know, uh, this is a long, arduous process for everybody, and... You know, people get attached to the players that they want. And when you don't take the player for that one guy, occasionally people are going to be upset. And I guess this is what happens. But uh, there's many cameras in many rooms and you don't see this stuff happening all the time, Bob. So does this raise a red flag or are you going to, you know, pass it off as what Roseman said? I think I'll pass it off with what Roseman said, but I'm going to watch this carefully throughout the season if like <laughs> the kid's not playing like Phil I, I trust Philadelphia media to make this happen I really do <laughs> like this is one of those that you know they're gonna just stir that pot so I, I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out because you're right it doesn't happen in very many other war rooms I've seen heck we, we talked about the Sewell pick for the Lions those guys are jumping around like they won the lottery right. so like they were all happy on yeah. that one so we'll see <laughs> They kind of did. I mean, the players that went ahead of, of Sewell are all great too, but Sewell is really, really good. And if you're rebuilding, you know, I think they're doing it. They're doing it the right way. You you build from the inside out. So yep. we'll see. I mean, there's all kinds of other stuff that happened during the draft. The Vikings apparently tried to trade up to get Justin Fields too, and they missed. So that can't that can't feel nice if you're Kirk Cousins. Well, so he, he swims in a pile of money. He's feeling just fine. Yeah, I mean he he'll be okay, but. Yeah. You know, uh, I just thought that was interesting, but that is going to wrap it up for us. Please check us out on Twitter at Bogman Sports for me at BD Hendrick for Bubba at Is It the Welsh for the Welsh. Please check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash ITL Army, and we will see you guys next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Take it easy. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.